Welcome to Checks, Mix, and Chill, a podcast about different life topics told through a generational lens. How you doing, Steph? Good. How are you, Kat? I'm good. I'm good. So we have kind of an interesting twist on today's, on this week's episode. Yeah. You know, we've, I, I've, there's already been a lot of buzz about this episode. I think everyone's really excited to see um, who our uh, guest co-host is. And our guest po- co-host is our guest co-host mostly because he just lobbied me effectively (laughs) i i really love the fact um that literally all it takes for our podcast to have a substantial role is a text message several text messages but yeah that's several text messages yep that's about (laughs) it so andrew welcome to our podcast thank you thank you for having me i'm very excited thank you for allowing me to force my way on here I appreciate it. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself or tell our guests a little bit about yourself? My name is Andrew Monahan. Uh, I live in Centennial, Colorado, and I'm a sign language interpreter at a high school in a public school district where, um, appropriately enough, I work with the most passive aggressive population of all uh, teenagers. So that's super fun. Um, And yeah, I guess that's about it. And we also all met when we were passive aggressive teenagers. So I feel like (laughs) this is even more appropriate. That's absolutely true. Full circle. So we, exactly, we are talking about passive aggressive people in the workplace. But Andrew, one of the text messages that was especially effective in you getting onto a co-hosting <laughs> role is that um, you basically gave me the idea of how to kind of tailor this episode. So we did our very first episode of, of the podcast was on workplace horror stories. And we didn't want this to be duplicative, but we also know that a lot of people responded to that episode with their own workplace horror stories. Um, and to the point where we knew we needed to do a follow-up, and we thought everybody deals with passive-aggressive people, but one of the things that was especially funny is that you very clearly identified yourself as partaking in the passive-aggressive behavior. I, guilty, <laughs> I have to say. I mean, it's not... It depends. Okay, let me just clarify. If anyone who I currently work with is listening to this, I'm not talking about you, except I might be. <laughs> not your face, but not yes. not you. you. But I mean, you know who you are. Do you feel like there was something that made you passive aggressive as your career has continued, or do you feel like you kind of were just the passive aggressive person when you started working? That's a good question. I actually feel like millennials in general kind of have this reputation as being passive aggressive. Like, when I was preparing for this podcast, I even just put in Google passive-aggressive, and one of the first words that comes up is millennials. And so, like, (laughs) we have this (laughs) reputation for being that way, and I think that it's because we're the first generation to really grow up in this digital age where it's been so easy to be passive-aggressive with each other. Like, think back to, in our heyday, when we all met... Um, when you had like AOL Instant Messenger and you would post your like away status with song lyrics, but like they weren't about anyone, but like they yeah, obviously they, they were, were. 
they were obviously about someone. And that's, I mean, that's, that's still that way with my. Like MySpace, like how the worst thing you could do is like knock someone off your top eight. And that was like a friendship ruiner. Oh my goodness. What would like today's top eight be? Like, what is the equivalent of that? I don't know. Snapchat story. I don't really. Okay. I have to admit, I don't know how to use Snapchat, but it's all the rage at the high school and everybody's using it and they're definitely passive aggressive about it. I can tell you that, but I don't know if it's quite like MySpace top eight level of passive aggressive. When I want to cause a scene, but also like in in like a way that people feel like they can't approach me is to leave a group text message. <laughs> like, <laughs> leave me. And when it's, when it's like Kevin has left the group text and you're like, what the f- Okay. So who, who, who said the final thing, right? Like who, who was the last straw in the conversation? She's just like, I can't do this anymore. That's amazing. I think part of the problem is that being passive aggressive is also just it really is. funny. It is. Like, like, <laughs> like you reach a point where it's super infuriating. And I think everybody's everybody has been in a passive aggressive work environment where it's either embedded into the entire workplace culture or you have the one person that's awful. Mm. It's just an office nightmare and everybody knows it. But then you reach a point where because you can't, I mean, I guess you could, but most people can't afford to, you know, tell those people to just fuck off and go get a different job. Like, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And so you find all of these weird coping skills that are also oftentimes just as inappropriate. Like, you start to embody, you react passive aggressively, but then also... Like one of because humor is like my only coping mechanism that I have that like eventually it just becomes really funny to me to just like be terrible to these people passive aggressively. Well, and it snowballs for sure. Like if someone's passive aggressive to you, you're going to absolutely be passive aggressive in retaliation. And it's definitely a learned behavior. And so I think it's a little ironic that like the Gen Xers or even the baby boomers accuse our generation of being passive aggressive when then that causes them to be passive aggressive towards us because they kind of expect that behavior right away um and so that can kind of create a really hostile space um but like you said passive aggression can also be hilarious so it doesn't need to always be this negative especially if you like have people on board where basically they just become part of the joke right like um yeah where you're like you're texting people or sending ims about how ridiculous it becomes and there are so many different ways to be passive aggressive towards someone Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to like the digital part of it like um how we used to be passive aggressive on I mean, AOL or um, MySpace or LiveJournal. God, remember LiveJournal? Oh, my yes. Um, You're bringing up all the feels uh, right now. This is a total throwback episode right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, that was was, was the best. But anyway, (laughs) now I feel like in translating that to a professional environment, it's kind of like if you wait a really long time before responding to an email Mm. or... Even even like the way that you respond to an email, it's so easy to be passive aggressive, sometimes unintentionally in an email. <laughs> um, 
because you can't really convey tone in a way that you would if you were having a face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know I personally will interpret something that someone has sent to me as like, wow, like what a bitch. I can't believe <laughs> this person just is condescending to me like this. And so then I, you know, crack my knuckles and get ready to shoot off something condescending right back, but like veiled as something super positive. Um, <laughs> yes. And so like, that's something that's very easy to do, I think, um, depending on where you're, you're working. Um, now I have one coworker had one coworker possibly, I don't know which job I'm talking about. It's a mystery. Um, but this particular person uh, allegedly i allegedly had a coworker at one point in time <laughs> yes and and he or she uh he allegedly bugged the <laughs> shit out of me and it was one of those people who like never really did anything to me directly and was perfectly nice like just wanted to be my friend but like their mere presence just like made me bristle you know like Mm. any like anything they said or did be like oh good morning andrew how are you i'm just like shut the fuck up like why are you talking to me right now and so this person has a lot of boundary issues and would push that envelope constantly with me and so my favorite passive aggressive trick to handle that would be i would put my earbuds in but they're not plugged into anything so (laughs) i just have them like, like dangling there okay. <laughs> as, as my symbol of like I'm pretending that I'm listening to something but like all you have to do is follow the trail of this chord and you'll see that I'm blatantly not and I just don't I just don't want to talk to you this is also a handy tip for when you are traveling and don't want to talk to someone on an airplane I use that all the time as well uh, just <laughs> pop those earbuds in and most normal people will take that as a social cue to back off. Um, so you're welcome for that. That when you were kind of, uh, looking over different things for this episode, you came across some like levels of passive aggressiveness that I thought were really interesting too. Yeah. I think that there's, um, and depending on, I feel like people's personalities take on these differently. Mm. So like there's like people who, you know, are intentionally inefficient, you know, like, and, and Mm. I think if you've ever stood in line, which lines in general (laughs) seem obsolete to me, but like if you've ever stood in line anywhere, you feel like, is this part like, like the post office or the DMV is, is like the, you know, where you're like, is this passive aggressive? Like, are you doing this on purpose? Um, <laughs> so like, intentionally inefficient. Um, people kind of quote unquote forget to do things, which, you know, yeah. kind of like group projects yeah. is how that shit starts manifesting. Um, yeah. And then there, there's things like backstabbing where you're either like sabotaging the person or gossiping about them. Oh, um, yeah. And then I also think there's that, that kind of dynamic of being... Um, reaction like reactionary to passive aggressive behavior which is what i i kind of think like if you're in a workplace passive aggressive people and their behaviors are just unavoidable unfortunately but it it's also it's it's becomes a power dynamic and so if this person Mm. is of an equal position to you that's so much easier to deal with than if they're a superior or they have high the ability to hire and fire you 
um, or give, you know, performance reviews, then it kind of becomes a, a different dynamic. But I think if, um, oh, what did I want to say? I totally had a point that I wanted to make here. <laughs> I think, I think eventually like in the workplace, especially there's not a lot of opportunity to deal with passive aggressive. Be- I, I think workplaces can often breed passive aggressive behavior because you also yeah. can't mm. be straight with people in a lot of workplace cultures and and call things out in certain ways you know people can go to hr and they can call it a hostile work environment and and so you're kind of left to grapple with whatever pieces you can salvage and and i think a lot of times that that just breeds more passive aggressive behavior you know you mentioned the dynamic between someone who's your superior versus your equal Um, But I was just curious if you'd had any experience with that directly or even if you had been um, like a lead or in charge of a group of people and experienced passive aggression coming at you from someone who was really your subordinate. Um, Not that context, in part because I, I think part of it is I have learn to frame things very differently. So I would say in my 20s, I definitely engaged in more power struggles at work. Like, like if somebody was passive aggressive, it was worth it to me to wear headphones that weren't plugged into anything. And now I'm just like, that guy is a... <laughs> and now, now I'm just like, whatever, dude. Like, I don't... Yeah. It's just so not worth it to me. Um, and so I kind of, like, I guess now my, my coping mechanism, when I when I see that, I mean, I have a limit, but I, I tend to ignore a lot of it and document what I need to, if something feels really off, but I, I typically will try to respond to it with direct, like, like a really good example is, um, a company that I used to work for had, um, a, an IT department that, just they culturally like didn't really own anything like they didn't take responsibility for things being late and there wasn't there wasn't like a lot of management of problem employees and so they would um split hairs if you put in like a project request form and said you know i need these files by this date they would send you test files by that date and they would say well you never specified that you wanted test files or final files right so you play games like that where you're kind of left being like, am I crazy? Did I misunderstand something entirely? Because I jumped through all of your hoops and filled out all your forms. Um, and so now now what I tend to try to do is obviously document everything along the way, but like, um, but then also just kind of being like, well, like I'll, rather than responding to it passive aggressively, I'll be like, well, I guess I don't understand the point of the project request form if you're not going to look, you know, like it seems logical, like your customer service skills should say, I don't know if she means test files or final, you know, like all I'm better about calling that stuff out now mm. because I'm just, I'm like, fuck off. Like I'm yeah. not, pl- just give me my shit, man. I don't care how you do it. Just give me my shit. That's all I want. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be here either. So I feel like in a way though, like ignoring something and documenting it and then, like bringing that to like a higher ups attention is also passive aggressive in its own way. Like rather than, and I've definitely totally. been guilty it of this. It can be. 
I've been guilty of this myself, where if I have a problem with someone, instead of having a confrontation right then and having my passive aggression become just aggressive aggression, I will, like, <laughs> just, you know, nod, smile, whatever, kind of say whatever I need to to kind of, um, you know, deflate the situation, and then I will document it and, and report it. But then when that comes back to that person, it's like, oh, well, they obviously know that I just threw them under the bus to our boss. Totally. So now, <laughs> like, I have to deal with that confrontation again anyway. So by being passive aggressive about it, I've actually now, like, caused myself to have to have a confrontation that I wanted to avoid. I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think is the best way to deal with passive aggressive behavior? I mean, ideally, <laughs> more passive aggressive yeah, behavior. Just keep the ball rolling. Talk shit about that person to everyone you work with. <laughs> I mean, that's my that's my play. Wait until they quit. <laughs> well, and so I I am somebody I don't believe passive aggressive behavior is unique to millennials because somebody fucking raised no. us and passive yeah. aggressive behavior is a learned behavior. So like we have all learned this from the people before Absolutely. us. Um <laughs> but I think I think how it manifests is unique generationally. So like um like I I think there are certain emojis that are inherently passive aggressive. And I feel like that is something only a millennial <laughs> would understand. Or something like the MySpace top eight. Right, right. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. But that is true. I think the way that I cause I have lots of passive aggressive people at my workplace, my current workplace. And it's not all passive aggressive to me. It's just um, the where I work is mostly millennial and Gen X women. So there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, everyone's very uh, touchy feely, emotional. You know, very relational. Um, and so I think the way that I deal with it is I am one of those people that just very upfront doesn't play politics. And so I just call out what I see, like, oh, that's interesting. Why would you say that? Or, hey, I, you know, you said you didn't get to it, but here's the email I sent with the deadline and the steps and also tell me if you're going to be late. So let's talk about that. So I, I tend to call it out immediately because I just don't put up with that shit. But <laughs> I think it's hard because I also, there's been a lot of times where I've been told, like, you aren't seen as somebody who can move up because you don't play the game. Oh, which is shitty. Which is pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. Like that you have you have to like devolve in your communication skills to, be- <laughs> to become a manager, <laughs> right? But it's kind of true. I mean, but it's kind of true, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you're, I, it's not that I don't care about those relationships or that I want to break relationships, but you know, a lot of people who will just kind of let it go or you know whatever, and then gossip about it behind people's backs or you know whatever. Um, that those are the people that are usually looked favorably because you know they're they're just kind of go with the flow whatever um and i tend to you know be really productive and feel like i'm a great you know worker but i will also call you out on your shit like i don't have time to deal with that as well yeah and that's a hard kind of balance to find like even if you're being Mm -hmm. to to have direct communication with someone and call out an issue as you see it without coming across as either overtly aggressive or as right sugarcoating it and coming across as too fake which is in itself passive aggressive like it's hard to figure out right. where that happy medium is where you're being an adult <laughs> about it 
Um, <laughs> and it's and it's tough, and especially when you're dealing with an older generation, I feel like there is a communication mm-hmm. breakdown there sometimes, um, and it can depend. I mean. Like, for example, I know I've had um, a few jobs where I've been in a leadership position, and um, I've had people under me who are significantly older, and that has caused a lot of conflict because I have to really work to earn their respect because automatically they think, like, oh, who is this kid who thinks he knows better than me? Um, Like, I've been doing, I've been in this industry for however many years or whatever. I mean... Well, do you, so, because now you, you have, like, all generations pretty much represented within, like, a a educational, because you're actually in a school, right? So who do you think has better or (laughs) shittier, depending on if you want to see things glass half empty or half full, who do you you think is, like, where do you see it? Do Do you see, like teenagers being able being better capable of certain components or you know adults doing it in a certain way like where do you see kind of the breakdowns that breed passive aggressive behavior looking across like the generational spectrum i see it a lot from the students in that they just have a lot of defiant behavior um towards teachers whether it's just refusing to follow directions or following, you know, simple school rules. Like, you're not allowed to wear a hat in class. Like, this is a very simple rule. And without fail, in every class I'm in throughout the day, I follow various students. I have different schedules. So every period, I'm in a different class, just like I was in high school myself. And there's at least one kid in every class who knows damn well that they're not supposed to have that hat on when the bell rings, but will just wear it until someone tells them to take it off and kind of, like, stare at the teacher, like, daring them to say something Mm. about it. And it's, it's like, a game that they play every day. And some teachers continue. One teacher had to sit down, okay, from now on, the beginning of class, we're going to do a check. You're going to see anyone who has a hat, take it off. Anyone who has earbuds in, take them out. Anyone who has their phone out, put it away. And they start class that way every morning. And then there are other teachers who I feel have just been like, you know what, It's this like struggle is not worth my time. Wear your fucking hat if you want to. I'm just going to teach this class. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to... I'm not getting paid Yeah, like, you win. I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and so it really depends. And actually, both of these examples I'm talking about are millennial age teachers. Mm. Um, whereas, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm, and they just have vastly different perspectives on how to approach that situation, um, which I do think is really interesting. Um, and then you have the older teachers who tend to be more hardcore and like back in mm-hmm. my day kind of teachers. Right. Um, and in those situations, I don't notice the students acting as defiantly because I feel like there's automatically that respect or at least maybe intimidation mm. there that this person is is older, they're going to lay down the law, they're closer to my parents' age, whereas when you have a 20 or 30-something teacher, you're close enough to the high schooler's age that they feel like they can pull shit with you that they wouldn't with older teachers. Um, yeah, like you could easily be my sibling. Right. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. um, we have teachers there that are like 24 and then 
We have teachers there that are in their 70s and ready to retire. So, um, that I, But the kids are all the same age. You know, they're all high school age, of course. So, I mean, it's interesting to see how they interact with staff and even with each other um, is interesting as well. And that's, again, where the social media piece comes in for them, um, which they use pretty uh, malevolently, <laughs> I have to say. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm just what, old. What is your guys's? What's your favorite passive, potentially passive aggressive emoji? Oh, oh I, I feel. Know, I yeah, get I'm getting my out. phone out. <laughs> I have to pull my phone out. Also, obviously, the side eye is like. Oh yeah, plastic. and I love the eye roll that they added recently. Eye roll is I. I what's your most well? This is a good experiment. What is your most frequently used emoji? Uh, poop eye roll and the one with the little finger on his face where he's like, hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Pondering. Yeah. Absolutely. I have prying eye, the like sick face, and then like the heart with the ki- <laughs> like the little kissing heart, <laughs> which I don't oh, know yeah. how I feel about yep. those three all together, but. I use the uh, the sunglasses yeah, my- if I'm humble bragging. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah, mine are the laughing, crying, like he's laughing so much he's crying emoji. The shrug girl, the girl who shrug. I, that, I use that <laughs> passive aggressively all the time. Like I'll be like, well, I told you it was due, <laughs> shrug. And like, <laughs> like it's, kind of, it's like a subtle go fuck yourself. Like, right. what do you want from me kind of emoji is how it gets used a lot. I also use it when I like tweet anything or like um, tweet or send articles, any kind of like political article follows the shrug. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck did you expect? Like, like articles where it's like Trump, Trump supporter is upset that her house falls on the side of the Mexican border wall. And I sh- like shrug. Like I, I use it a lot for that. I like a lot of politically based things. And then the 100. The 100. Is my other one. So about that. 100. If you don't get it, you should take <laughs> and it. And like personally. that, I have to say, is what I, <laughs> I don't use it way fucking too much. get. I have never gotten it. I don't understand what this one. <laughs> Listeners who may be contemplating that they would like to learn how to be more passive aggressive in their daily lives. What are some tips or some tricks that you can pass along? Um, well, I would definitely add more sarcasm into your diet. Uh it's definitely a great idea to kind of just have that be your thing. And that way, no one really knows if you're being passive aggressive or not because they think you're just funny. Like, everyone at all of my jobs is like, oh, Andrew, like, I love your dry sense of humor. And it's like, well, I wasn't kidding though. Like, I'm just being a dick. And I think that <laughs> that is a really helpful thing to have it just keeps people on their toes you know like they mm-hmm. never really know <laughs> if what you're saying is genuine uh which i mean i would not recommend for personal relationships by the way um another thing i know that we've talked about gossip as a bad thing um and it is if you're not the one being gossiped about um then it can be a lot better <laughs> i would say like i there are just behaviors that are inherently passive aggressive to me like heating up fish in a microwave is just 
I'm like, just say it to my face. Like, what yeah. did I, I do? I have this coworker uh, who, when people would heat something up the microwave, because we had this tiny office that we shared with like nine people, and the microwave and the mini fridge are in there. Um, and so anytime there was something that she didn't like the scent of, she had just like a can of like Febreze that she would just then spray all around her area. No. And I feel like that was some passive aggressive <laughs> shit. Christine. And then it smells like juniper salmon. And you're like, this isn't helping anything. (laughs) Well, so that happened at one of my workplaces where this, this one particular coworker, and I really liked her, but she'd heat up fish. And I was like, that's just, it's just, it's rude (laughs) in in my opinion. And so I would like try to like motivate people to like, not basically you're, I was basically trying to like socially shame them out of ever (laughs) bringing fish to the office. And so I would say things like, you know who seems like he would heat up fish in a microwave? Ted Cruz. Like, like I would just like, like I would start associating it with like all of these people who I knew nobody liked and took seriously because I wanted to be like, that guy has the face of somebody who heats up fish. He also looks like he's always smelling right, fish right. in a microwave. Like that's the expression he always has on his face. Like fish in a microwave is just, Ugh. it is one of the rudest things to me. Terrible. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the podcast, the last episode of season two. It was an honor and a privilege. Mm, Wonderful. I I really hope you mean that. (laughs) Who can tell? You know, maybe I was being passive aggressive about it. We're, we're at the end of season two, and uh, we'll be taking a little bit of a hiatus to plan for season three. But in the meantime, feel free to check out our website, checksmixandchill.com, and always on Instagram and Facebook at checksmixandchill. We uh, will be out there and chatting up all of the posts. We'll be doing polls for our next season, just getting everyone to start listening to season two. So feel free to interact with us. If you have ideas for episodes you'd like to hear in season three, feel free to shout out to us on our social media channels and website. So I guess with that, Kat, happy season two. We're out. 100. Bye.